0: Welcome to the Jiu-Jitsu of Life, a weekly podcast for BJJ enthusiasts who are striving to succeed both on and off the mats. This podcast is brought to you by Robless makers of the world's finest custom Jiu-Jitsu apparel. And here are your hosts on the Jiu-Jitsu of Life, Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui.
1: That because we're sort of talking about how somebody gets themselves into the mindset of performing at a high level in a pressure situation consistently mm-hmm. because, you know, there's, there's times where people can do really well and then there's times where people can completely fall on their face and sometimes it can be hard to tell like, why did that work and why did that totally fail? And I think that when people start finding something that works, and they start associating it with certain things. And we were just talking about Russell Crowe in Gladiator when he's he's sifting the sand through his hands and it's go time, baby. Um, you know, maybe he did that once and he had a good performance, which means in Gladiator worlds, he didn't die. Um, and he's like, well, I'm gonna keep doing that so I keep living. Um, but I was talking about for you, for, for some of the old dangerous stuff you used to do and then for fighting, you had to find the environment where okay, this is what I need in order to perform well consistently. And it can be the exact opposite of, of you were saying the guy you roomed with where he wanted a lot of music and people around and stuff like that. Um, but your routine was still a routine. It was just your brother. It was quiet. It was people just leaving you alone. Essentially that was, that was more, I think that's what Rocky did. I always feel like he was in the bathroom praying and then they would come in and do the cross thing and they'd go out and fight um you know mr t wanted differently he was you know a lot of music filming the a-team doing all that so i mean they have different things that they had going on um but what with the organization in your former job in terms of your 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 desk and and the way that your sign was and all that Did you find that was something where you're going into an uncontrollable situation and this is something where you have a certain amount of control so that makes you sort of feel like you're in charge of your destiny or why do you think that was, you know, having your desk in a particular way was so important
2: to you? Yeah, because I think organization puts me into a sense of well. Partly, it's because I'm I'm OCD, and people that know me know that I'm I'm somewhat OCD, and they'll try to. But I I am what I call and what what has been um, told to me a, a functioning yeah. uh, OCD person, right? Like because they try to break me of it. I, I've had, you know, uh, several of teammates that uh, recognize this fairly early on, and they'll you know I will come to my come to my office. And see my my desk just turned upside down, trying to break me, and I can function just fine. Not gonna break my butt. Um, what I'll do is I'll turn my desk back upside right. I'll get everything back in order, and then we'll get we'll get ready for uh, for business again. And I think what it comes to is that things um, in that particular profession, right, um, are moving so quick. They're so uh, they're tense. They're uncertain. They're rapidly evolving. And it's very, very dynamic situations. So the less I had to think about, the quicker I felt I could make decisions. So keeping things organized allowed me to do this right. Like I didn't want to be looking for where a pin was. I didn't want to be looking for and and where, and where I really noticed this now that you're making me think about it is that we spent the majority of our time in vehicles. It was a uh, it was a very co- it was a covert surveillance unit, right? So. We spent a lot of time in vehicles. And I and uh my old partner, uh Brian, can attest to this, and and anyone that really rode with me every once in a while, but Brian was with me quite a bit and can attest that I always had to have my like after every every operation, I would pull my truck over and I'd get it back in order. Like I could not I could not go on to the next operation until my truck was back in order. So I'd stop the car somewhere. I'd open up all the doors, I'd clean out all the garbage, I'd straighten up the back, I put all my equipment the way I wanted my equipment set up. So I knew exactly where everything was and it was just less I had to think about when things began to move very, very quickly. Um, and I think that that's why I like things to be very simple when I was fighting, right? Because it was less to think about, right? And it kind of reminds me of something that I was writing in my journal today uh, because I was I was going back to the stoicism stuff and then uh, there was the cynics, right? Uh, so you had Stoics and you had Cynics. And the Cynics were very, very, they were ex- basically extreme Stoics. And uh, one of them, I can't remember, uh, I, I, I you know, I always, I, I'll always butcher these uh, old Greek names, but uh, <laughs> basically he said something to the effect, um, you can't take away what I don't have, right? And right. so what he meant by that is that, uh, he, you know, they were very extremists. They were basically transients, homeless, right? Like they would, they would have like one piece of cloth that would cover their body. Um, one time, I think that this particular cynic was uh, walking by, saw a young boy at a at a water well, and saw that the young boy was drinking the water using his two hands, and he thought to himself, Oh my God. I've been walking around with a cup all day and like just smash the cup. It's like, what do I need the cup for? That's just one more thing that somebody can take away. And and, and what's interesting about that is that begs the question, do you own the things that you possess or do they possess you, right? Do they own you? The more times that you, you know, the more possessions that you own, the more you have to oversee, right? And the more you oversee, it becomes this, uh, that question comes up, right? That do do you possess them or do they possess you, right? And we've talked about this before that there's a certain amount of freedom that comes with financial independence and you know getting into that million dollar range, multi million dollar range, but definitely when you get into a billion dollar range, you almost lose a lot of your freedom and your stillness and things like that. So definitely in boxing, I wanted things, I I, I wanted things to be as simple as possible. I wanted as little uh, around me just because it gave me less to think about because in my mind, and I think that anybody who's ever competed at any level, um, will say that the only thing that you should be thinking about when you're about to step into the ring or step into the cage or step onto the mat is, um, the competition, right? That your opponent, what about, and and not necessarily your opponent, just thinking about what you're going to do, because that's all you have control over, right? And so I wanted to minimize distractions. And I think that's what it boiled down to. How can I minimize distractions for myself? I can see how some people would listen to a lot of music, because for them, the music, now they're just focused on the music. So their mind is not all, all over the place, right? Like, they're not They're not the type of person that's going to sit down and be able to close their eyes and and focus on their breathing. Their mind is just too all over the place. So they need like a white noise to kind of distract them, right? So now they're just focused on the lyrics of the song. And now their mind is not all over the place thinking about all the things that could possibly go wrong and allowing doubt to seep in. And, and now before you can correct your mental state, they're calling you out into the mat or they're calling you into the ring. And it's like, oh my God, this is not the mental state i want to be in yep. so um it's it's yeah it's about minimizing distraction and and um, finding healthy ways to do that so sometimes my ways have been a little bit too extreme I, my ocd can get uh, get away with me sometimes um but my wife can tell you i mean one of the things that i do i, I still do it now um, i'll wake up in the morning and if, and if the house is in shambles like I can't begin my work day, right? Like, yeah. because now my home is where I work predominantly, right? So if I see if I see things out and they're not in their place, like I can't even begin to start thinking about business. It's just a distraction for me. But once everything gets into their place, it's like now I can just focus on business. I don't have to focus on on all these other things. Um, yeah. That's excellent. What about you? What well, about you? What, see, what are you? everybody has you know it's funny it's i'm i'm so glad you asked me that question because when you first asked the question i was like nah i don't have any rituals yeah, yeah. i just kind of wake up and do what i do yeah, yeah. and then you made me start thinking about it. i was like oh my god yeah i do have i do have yeah. rituals i do have certain things that i do to kind of put me in the right mental state and and, to, and it's all about uh, minimizing um distractions
1: Yeah, right? yeah yeah
2: what about uh, you what do you do to to get yourself in the in the right mental state to minimize your distractions so um yeah it,
1: it's funny because I, I i am somebody that got organized later in life uh, i was very disorganized as a, as a young man really up until i mean i met my wife she was she's always been a very organized person she uh, probably shares most uh, ocd uh, tendencies, which I, you always got to <laughs> surround yourself by people you want to become. So if you want to become a more organized person, surround yourself with organized people and they will shame you into being organized. Um, but she really helped me. And it was actually funny you say the idea of things being out of place because the simple key that she always told me was the key to being organized is as soon as you used something, put it back where it goes. And oh my God, once I started doing that, it was like, I mean, once, number one, you establish where everything goes, you got to everything's got to have a specific place. And then whenever you use it, the first thing you do is put it back. And that alone um, makes it so that when you see something out of place, I have to put it back immediately. Like there's no like, I'll do it tomorrow, do it later, whatever. It's like, as soon as I realize something is out of place, it's got to go immediately. And what that gives you is it, it buys you time, it buys you freedom to not have to think about, like, I spent so much of my life looking for stuff or losing stuff or whatever. And now I know where everything is. I know where everything is in my computer. I know where everything is in my office, everything in my house. Like, there's nothing that's going to be lost now. And that frees up so much time and energy for other things. So to kind of long winded answer your question, um, for me, I, I find that I actually like a very specific outline of things that I want to get done usually before eight in the morning or maybe latest before nine in the morning they're not always in the same order because as the seasons change it kind of certain priorities come and go Um, but I always want to I always drink the same water container it's like a 40 ounce thing of water I drink that in the morning I always write lately I've been writing in my little speak of journals I've got myself a little spiral journal now because I've been working on writing stuff out by hand, because I think that that actually helps you think about what you're saying easier because of the fact that you can't erase something when it's written down in pen. So for me, I have to think about it more and I actually write way slower than I can type. So it kind of makes me think about the word choice and this and that, because by the time I write it, I've sort of thought about it a little bit more in my head than I would if I'm just typing it out. And I actually want to have good penmanship. I have had horrible penmanship my whole life. And, and now I'm, I'm specifically working on if I want to be a clear, good communicator, I feel like that should translate to how I actually write, too. Because if I'm clear in my head, it's like then the organization should be there on the page, too. I'm not there yet, but there are moments where I think I write stuff really clearly. And then it kind of goes back to. If you think about it, having crappy handwriting is almost sort of a type of selfishness. Because you're like, nah, I'm not gonna let you read what I'm thinking, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold this and make it unclear. It's like mumbling when you speak. It's, it's a weird sort of passive-aggressive thing. If, if could be way overanalyzing it, but that's my conclusion at this moment. Um, but yeah, I always like to do that. Uh, I get a workout in almost every morning, and I walk my dogs, and um, I start drinking some sort of caffeine. If all that can be done by like 7 30, usually getting up around five or even a little bit before five. So if I get all my workout, the dog walking, the caffeine, the water, the writing, I'm ready to go. But I find that if I if I sleep late, which for me is like if I wake up at six, it's too late. Because all that stuff starts happening and then the sun's coming out, and I'm like, oh sun's coming out, gotta walk the dogs, it's gonna get too hot. Like it kind of throws off my whole thing. But if I'm there like and it's pitch black outside, I feel total freedom because I feel like this is like my time in the morning to get stuff done. Um, and again, this is all relatively recent in life for me. Like I was, people used to say like there are morning people and I'm like, well, you're just a horrible person. Then. Cause I don't, I'm no, I'm, I'm a night owl. I used to stay up really late and I worked in bars and I worked in nightclubs. And that was sort of the life, like you're up till four or five in the morning. But I love being a morning person now, and I love being organized because it gives you more freedom. It really does because you don't have to spend time worrying about where things are. And I'm trying to use this in more things now because now that I'm seeing the value of dressing better and dressing more organized and almost literally having a type of uniform, which Mo got to see a couple days back, got the button down, tucked in Which I never oh, yeah. used to never used to tuck the shirt in ever ever turning ever. heads. But now I'm turning tugging it in. Got got my belts. Got got a nice watch. Got some nice shoes. Little a business walking schedule. billboard for success is what I say. It's it's but it's crazy because it's like you think about when you can really tell how people are treating you differently when you act a different way or dress a certain way, but you essentially look the same. Because I mean, I look the same. I've looked the same for a long time. I've had no hair for. A long time if i've had the same basic look size for a long time but just for a couple weeks of kind of putting on the uniform people treat me very people i don't know just random strangers in whatever situations treat me very differently and very you, know,
2: differently. you know what i you, okay so i think there, i think that that's twofold um uh i think it's one that yes they're treating you differently because your appearance is more professional but what's even deeper than that they're treating you differently because you're giving off a different energy. You yep. feel different exactly. and you're giving off that energy to them yeah. and, they, yeah. and they and they feed off of that.
1: Yeah. It's weird, right? Because isn't it weird how many sort of mental tricks you play on yourself and yet they work? Like in other words, your boxing skill didn't increase or decrease whether you're, you know, it was quiet and your brother was there. It's not going to make your jab faster, your head movement better, whatever. But Having yourself in the space where you can be fully present in the moment, that makes all the difference. That makes all the difference in the world. If you're fighting and you're in your head, like for most people, it's bad. You're thinking too much. You're, oh, what about the, like, you're not, by the time you see the opportunity, it's too late, especially in something like boxing, that's very fast. So the mental routine or or the ritual or the, the environment that you needed to perform was specific. For you. And then in the other job, in terms of having desk organized, truck organized, all that kind of stuff, it created what you needed to perform well. But there could be other people. Let's just take our our buddy Colby, not not in that business, but he's said to me many times, he thrives on chaos. And I believe it. Just in the way like he presents himself, in the the way he fights and and, you know does jujitsu, it's chaotic. But in the chaos, he has a few specific things that he's looking for that by creating chaos, he creates panic in the other person and disorientation. And, you know, the OODA loop gets set over and over again. And he understands the opportunities within that. So for him, maybe a chaotic desk would keep him in that mindset of, always be looking for chaos, but I'm looking for specific things within it, and the other people are going to be so overwhelmed by the chaos, they're not going to see the opportunity. I will, and I will act decisively and immediately, and therefore I will prevail. So it's kind of an interesting study in learning yourself and learning how to best succeed. That being said, I would highly argue that the organized approach is better for the vast majority. The Colby is a very rare individual on basically every level. Um, anybody who's gotten to meet them is, is going to agree with that. So, and they're fewer and far between. The, the most system, I think, is a, if I were to advise somebody young, get organized now, because you are going to need to get organized at some point in your life. And the sooner you learn a system that works well for you, it's literally something you will not have to think about anymore. It's just something you will do, and then you will not have to worry about these things, not have to spend time looking for things. Um, The way it presents you will present you as a more trustworthy, reliable professional, which will make people give you more responsibility, which will make you ascend further and faster in life. Um, That's a lesson that you're going to have to learn. I learned it at like 34. I think if I had learned it at 17, that probably would have been preferable for all the people who ever had to deal with me. So, oh, we say that about everything though. That's we say true that about everything. That's true. I, I, I thought I was uh I thought it was more like doing well with the chaos, and I was creating chaos, but I wasn't doing well with it. So uh, yeah. so yeah, but it's it's interesting to hear um, when I listen to Tim Ferriss's podcast, he interviews a lot of very successful people. And almost all of them have some sort of morning ritual or routine that they do. And from having not done it to now having done, you know, sort of those things I talked about, to me, the difference is night and day, because it's number one, there's like a feeling of accomplishment. If you've like, you know, by whatever time it was, I think even yesterday, it was Saturday, but we were still up at like 445. And having gotten all these things done, and I remember I wanted to text, I forget who it was, but I'm like, oh, wait, it's not even eight o'clock in the morning and it's Saturday. It's probably too early for whoever. But I'm like, I've done this, this, this and this. It's like you get this this feeling of accomplishment. And to me, that sets the path of good, positive momentum for the day versus if I were like sleep in and then just, you know, I don't know, eat a big breakfast and just kind of sloth around or something like that. To me, it's like, well, now the day's on the path of sloth. And that's okay every once in a while, but for the most part, to me, it's it's just much better to get all that stuff done because then there's never a debate. I don't have to worry about, oh, am I going to work out today? Because it's already done. And that way, there's no like, well, I'm tired, so I don't feel like it. It's like it's already done. So I'm a big believer in it, and I was not a believer in it for a long period of time. And I was wrong, and I'm okay with that.
2: So Yeah. Creating a routine for success is yeah. important. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm yeah. curious to see. If, well, yeah. good. Yeah, but no, no. Go ahead. You're curious to see. Well, so because for a long
1: period of time, when I was when I was doing more mobile home stuff, uh, for me it felt important to not look like some rich guy, because I was dealing with people that were really didn't have a lot of money, and most of the time were struggling in life, and so I wanted to like not seem like an asshole for lack of a better way of saying it and i'm not like a fancy guy anyway but now that i'm more in the development world and more in the world where i need to have people have a lot of financial faith in me and that financial faith is quite a bit larger than it was for me buying a you know a double wide um i've started to see that i need to present myself or i feel like i need to present myself differently and like you said i it's always an interesting question when you are doing these things, is it that the person sees how you are and they're they're going to treat you differently? Or is it how it makes you feel that makes you act and walk and talk a little differently, which therefore makes the person treat you differently? Do you wear the clothes or does the clothes wear the man? I mean, does the man wear the clothes, the clothes wears the man, I guess is the question. Um, but I'm seeing the importance of that more and more as things are going on, especially with this new big project, because it's um, it's something where I have to convince a certain amount of people that I am a worthy investment on something. And, and a lot of that is how I present myself. So I've thought about that, not only the organized way, but the way I'm dressing, probably the car I'm driving to, quite frankly, that may have to change relatively soon. Um. And it's interesting because these are things I heavily, heavily resisted for a long period of time.
2: And I'm- there's going to be people that hear you say that and they're going to completely disagree. And I can I yeah. can, can I can tell you that that they have not achieved the financial independence that you that you have achieved. They're well, usually the people that are disagreeing with that are people that n- are, are not trying to accomplish the same type of goals and that's okay maybe yeah. they're doing something type of different and i'm not putting this exactly the right way but i've had people tell me you know before like oh mo why why are you wearing the suit you know Mo, why oh it doesn't matter what car you drive man let me tell you that is not it doesn't matter okay so it depends on what you mean by that right yeah. like it doesn't matter what ca- what kind of car you drive when it comes to happiness it doesn't matter how much really money you have when it comes to happiness i've 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 hit my number for like what's conducive for happiness for me, uh, maybe about two years ago. And now it's like everything after that is, is just pursuing some other goals, but it, it really has not adjusted my happiness levels, like more or less. Right. Like, um, but when it comes to, um, doing business a hundred percent, appearances matter. Appearances matter because whether you like it or not, and we've talked about this before, and we'll, we'll go ahead and beat this dead horse is people will judge you based off by what you look. People don't buy from who's best. They buy from who they trust. Trust is an idea that implies relationship. Relationship is an idea that implies a long time. I've known this person. Well, here's the thing is that I have to create a relationship within minutes with a person. Yep. And how do I do that? I do that by presenting myself in a way that makes the other person believe that I'm squared away. I'm a responsible person. Yeah. Now, of course, we can argue all day like, well, Mo, I could be dressed in jeans and flip flops and yeah. that doesn't mean that I'm disorganized. I agree with you. Yeah. But that's not what we're, I would have to get to know you a lot yeah. longer before I could come to that conclusion. Yeah. But if I wanna come to that conclusion super quick, it helps a whole lot if you show up in a three-piece suit, wearing a tie, your shoes are shined, your car is clean, right? Yeah. It helps a it helps a lot more with that. And so, yeah. you made a comment about, you know, I wanted to show the people that um, they could financially depend on me, yeah. right? Um, is that how you phrase that? Or not say you something, phrase it. like, I, you yeah, know, yeah, that, yeah. yeah some, some, something to that degree, right? That is the very reason why I did the opposite of what you yeah. did with the mobile yeah. home stuff. Yeah. I yeah. wanted to walk in there and make them feel like, no, I'm not where you're at in life. I am the guy that can save the day. Can you yeah. tell by the way I'm dressed? Can yeah. you tell by the car that I'm driving? Yeah. If I tell you that I can write you a check right now for this amount, it's yeah. because I can really do it. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's and that's a great point. And that's I think that's why all this stuff always – I think the thing that turns people off is they see – like one way of doing it or another way of doing it, they're like, well, I don't want to do it that way. And it doesn't mean that you have to do it your way, my way, however many other ways there are, but people have to, so let me go back and say like, like I'll take Tom McKay as an example. Like he doesn't, he's not a fancy dress up guy at all. And he's like, no, i never wear a suit. I never do whatever. And he's super well,
2: special. see, I, I, he doesn't, but check out what Tom McKay does. And he said, he's done this before. One of, first of all, he drives a badass car he everywhere does. he goes. Yeah. Um, and number two, he said this, that he does this because this is how Tom McKay earns your trust right off the bat. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't dress in a suit. Yeah. But when he's negotiating, he pulls up his bank on his phone and he yeah. shows you a, a number, yeah. a number. Like yeah. I have multi-millions in the bank, so you know I'm not messing around. Yeah. And that buys instant, you know. It does. It does. Uh, trust in what he can do.
1: It does. And so the reason, the reason I brought that up is because So he has his way of working and it's obviously worked very well for him. And what I was thinking when I was sort of dwelling as to whether I was going to try and up my game style wise and presentation wise, I thought about that. I'm like, well, he's not doing blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, but that's what's working for him. And if what I was doing was working for me at the optimal level. I wouldn't be having this conversation with myself right now. I would just be out there doing it and knowing I was doing it as well as I can, but I know that I'm not. I know that I'm not doing things as well as I could, and this is something I have within my control to change. And it's not just changing the way I look, it's also changing the way I feel. And that's also been spurring me to do a lot more networking. I have like all of next week and part of the week after booked out for like coffees every day with different people. Um, that I know in the real estate business, some people I haven't seen for a long time, some people I know but don't know that well, some people specific for some of the new projects i got coming up. And a lot of that is to really find out who they know, so who else I can meet and and sort of meet people through people through people. And to me, it's just a matter of I want to keep putting myself out there to keep meeting different people, to find out different understandings of what's happening in the town that I'm investing in and see what other people's opinions are and what they see, because a lot of these people have lived there for a long time and kind of see what they see long picture. And a lot of them have been very successful and, and sort of find out more about what they've done. And I feel like the more I present myself as a proper professional who's doing some real stuff, the more it puts me in a position where Maybe these people could help me or I am going to meet another person who could be another person who has a deal or something I could do a deal with or or whatever it might be. Um, The more I put myself out there, number one, but out there in a way that I feel the most sort of powerful and productive and persuasive, that's what I'm going to do. And so to me, it's like if if I see a certain way where I'm like, yeah, I'm doing it this way and it's okay, but if I do it this way, I feel like I'm going to be taken more seriously and maybe that means I'm going to take myself more seriously, too, because when we talk about impressions, part of it is your own impression of yourself and that matters. And so, like you said, I mean, I this, think that's it, probably
2: the biggest part of it. Yeah,
1: I, I, I think it is, too. And, and that's something that kind your of come, attitude. Yeah. And I think all that stuff comes back to that, because it's like it's not the your name, your sign and your pens being lined up that made you good at what you did, but that. Put you in the right mindset so that you didn't have to worry about any of that when you were out there. It put the truck, you know, organizing the truck allowed you to work those crazy hours, to have that intense pressure of time, of physical danger, of all the responsibility. It was something that you could control in an otherwise uncontrollable environment. And so it's partly like, partly a, a practicality thing, but it's a lot of it is a mentality thing and finding, okay, this is the mentality that's gonna work best for me. And that's why I was curious to know if you did have something. Cause I knew you had something, even though you're like, no, I didn't. Yeah. What are you talking about? I'm <laughs> totally just a, a carefree guy. Wait a minute, I see a hair. <laughs> okay, there we go. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to go see my barber twenty four uh,
2: yesterday. So, you know. <laughs> I knew um, two things that I, you know, two things. The power of the placebo effect, right? Yeah. Um, in medicine, I mean, to me, I've always been a firm believer like, okay, this doesn't really do anything. Okay, but my question is, does it make you feel better? And if it makes you feel better, then it does do something, right? Exactly. So, regardless. Um, and that's kind of the same way with all the little routines you do. Is it a placebo effect? Does it really make a difference? Yeah. Or does it just make a difference in your head? Yeah. And if it, 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 either way, what's the, the it doesn't really it doesn't matter, matter, right? As yeah. long as it helps you. It helps you perform better. And then the second thing is something that we've discussed before, but is the idea that don't prescribe to anything, right? Like just because one person is doing it one way or someone else is doing it a different way, there's no right way to do something. There's simply the way you do it and then the way everybody else does it. And then what you have to ask yourself is the way I'm doing it working. And if it is, it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. If it isn't, then you try new and different things until you figure out what works best for you. Yeah. Exactly, and that goes back full circle to finding a routine for success. Yes, I agree. I actually said, I just dropped the microphone. my drop. To you know, to check out this episode or to re-listen to our past episodes, go to the Jujitsu of Life. Also, check us out on App iTunes. Like, review, subscribe. Shout out to Robles. Makers of the world's finest custom jujitsu apparel. Nobody can be you better than you. Be authentic, Robles. We make custom geese. Yellow Pine Investments makes custom warehouses. Check them out. Also, for all your website design needs, check out Quantum Leap Digital Design, IMO. That is my brother, Carter. As always, we wish you guys nothing but the best, both on and off the mat. Thank you for listening.
0: Thank you, guys. That's it for this episode of The Jujitsu of Life. Your hosts are Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui. This podcast is brought to you by Rollbliss, makers of the world's finest custom jujitsu apparel. You can subscribe to the Rollbliss newsletter to get the exclusive content at rollbliss.com. You can find more episodes of this show on our website at thejujitsuoflife.com and you can subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we wish you a great week, both on and off the map.